life in your life? I hope so. That's the goal. Amen? Way of life. One of the things that that video mentioned was listening to his voice. And that's kind of what we're going to be dealing with today. We've gone through this four weeks on prayer. And if you've really been doing more of it, I know we've given a lot of scriptures and stuff. But the goal, if, if you remember the purpose of it at the outset, the first session was what? Get you praying more. Raising up uh, spiritual giants. Amen? And that's where you'll become a giant is in your prayer life. Amen? And in the midst of your prayer, God's going to give you some discernment. Are you with me? And so that's kind of the title of this uh, sermon today is Greater Spiritual Discernment. How many would like to operate in greater spiritual discernment? Amen. We, uh, uh, we're going to find out some things here today. There's a lot of knowledge out there in the world, and some of it a lot of it, let me say it that way, is not the knowledge that you need to live an overcoming life. You need discernment and you need some God knowledge. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So, uh, I said it last week, I believe in the sermon, before I do anything, I'm learning to pray. Right now, as we're transitioning from this building to Another building that God has awaiting us. I am praying, praying, praying. And Pam told me this morning she's praying. How many of you are praying? Someone else told me yesterday they're praying for the right place at the right time. And uh, we need that going up right now. But I need discernment to know exactly the future of this church. So this is really on my heart. So I want and desire the Holy Spirit. I want to walk in His light you know, we operate so much in head knowledge and rationale and reasoning and, and wisdom from life's experiences. But, you know, we, we, I believe, have to come to a place as believers where we are operating in discernment every day. Is it time? The hours that we're living in, we're seeing things that we've never, ever seen before. I haven't, and I've been around a few, a few years now, at least 40, right? Hallelujah. Had another birthday last week. But uh, there's so many lies and untruths that are being sent out each day. And uh, one thing the devil knows that it's a trick that he's used for many, many years is this. if he keeps repeating it over and over and over and over, eventually he thinks he's going to convince you that it's truth. How many has found that to be true in your life? Whether it's doing something wrong, oh, that's, not, that's not that bad. So-and-so's doing it. Oh, it's, it's okay. But, you know, you're feeling the check in your spirit, but yet the, the enemy's voice is trying to clamor louder and say, it's okay. You know, it's so-and-so. He'll use all kinds of little twists and, and things to, uh, to try to ward off the voice of the Holy Spirit. So we've got to be quick to recognize and hear the Lord's voice in every area. I said in every area of our lives, raising our children, our business, our home, our families, everything, I believe, I feel it strong in my spirit that we have got to heed and listen to the voice of God. So many lies. Paul prophesied of this day in 2 Timothy chapter 3, talks about people having a form of godliness. They are hostile to and oppose the truth. They are, have depraved minds and counterfeit faith. You know, down through the ages and dispensations, how many know we're living in the dispensation of grace? We study this in our uh, minister's training class. There's been ages and dispensations from the beginning of time, from creation. 
and you and I are living in the greatest one. Are you happy today that you're living in grace? I sure don't want to go back under law, do you? So I'm thankful for grace. But all down through the ages, man has sought after a deeper knowledge, and he has a quest for knowledge. A lot of, not, not every person, but a lot of people get a quest for knowledge. Knowledge is power, right? That's what they say. Knowledge is power. But I want the God kind of knowledge, not the human wisdom type that, that, that man uh, seeks after. We look back in the first century, right after Jesus left here, the Gnostics. Anybody ever heard of them? They were obsessed with this quest. There's a Greek word for gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S. It's called knowledge. And they were on a great quest for knowledge. They believed they had a, quote, divine spark in them that made them the elite and the spiritual ones. They claimed salvation could only be gained through a special form of secret knowledge. How many have read Ephesians 2, 8, and 9? For by grace are you saved, what? Through faith, that not of yourselves, it is what? The gift of God. So they had all, a lot of these weird, crazy uh, beliefs going on in their, in their lives. And you know, I see today this, this woke culture. Again, we're going to touch on that just for about that long. It's a new kind of Gnosticism. It's separating the elite from those who supposedly don't know how to think for themselves, right? They want to try to tell you, you know, we're smart. We, we're woke. We, we, we into it. We have knowledge. We have power. So we, we should be able to tell you, stupid folks, <laughs> how to live and act and breathe and do your day-to-day stuff. So it, it's a form of Gnosticism. They have this superior knowledge, quote, and, uh, and we're supposed to just follow along with it. So, uh, so uh, how, many, how many are against that? <laughs> I know I am. I want the Holy Spirit. That's who I want living and operating and breathing in my life. Hallelujah. There are still some people today, not only that, but they form a new group based on some spiritual guru that's written a book, some new book. So the quest for knowledge goes on. I think the Word of God and the Holy Spirit are good enough for me. If that won't work, then count me out, Brother John. Amen? How many like the Word of God and the Holy Spirit guiding your life? I want no other. I want nothing else. Amen? And there are some good books out there. I'm not just knocking uh, book writing today. There, But Terry and I were talking about this. There are some Holy Spirit-filled men and women still writing books, and that makes a difference. Amen? When they are anointed and breathed upon by the Holy Spirit. So to me, the message of the cross... And the resurrection is where all knowledge should point to. Amen? It all goes back to that. Praise God. That's the whole God's plan for man. God so loved the world, gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal, everlasting life. So it all must, if it, if it has anything negative about that, I'm out. Amen? I want the Holy Spirit and the word of God in my life. You know, there's a room full of experiences here today with, quote, organized religion. Anybody got, anybody got the T-shirt on that deal? You know, it can get pretty crazy, even in our generation. I can remember some of the crazy things when I was a, a kid that were really trying to put you back under bondage, back under the law. Anybody ever lived some of that? You can't do this, don't do that, don't touch that, don't look at that, don't... 
How about just letting the Holy Spirit live in you and let him lead you and guide you into all truth instead of trying to fall follow man's dogma or, or man's schemes or man's uh, uh, organized religion things. Amen? You know, I, I want to be in such a close relationship with my Father that I can discern and know things in my spirit. That's where I want it. Is that the goal, church? Where I can discern and know for myself what thus saith God is. Now, God will use people. Sometimes I, I do believe in the gifts of the Spirit. They can be used in a word of knowledge. Amen. In a word of wisdom. And, and God gives special giftings. Even one of the gifts of the Spirit is discerning of Spirit. Some people operate in that for a time. The Holy Spirit will use them for a specific, specific time or place to operate in discerning of spirits. But I want us to look today, uh, and as you're turning to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, is anyone still turning a Bible? <laughs> No, you turn your iPhone on. Hey, there's a Bible right there. All right. Praise God. Man, that's one thing I miss when I was preaching back in the 90s. I could hear the, in this auditorium that I preached in, you could hear the pages turning everybody going to the, to the Word. But I'm with you. I, I, uh, I like having 10 different versions right here in my pocket, right? <laughs> Praise God. All right. Let's read 1 Corinthians 2. Verse number 6 through 14. This is going to be as much teaching as preaching today, but it's going to be good for you. Touch your neighbor and say, this is going to be good for you. Amen. Yet when we are among the full-grown, spiritually mature Christians who are ripe in understanding, we do impart a higher wisdom, the knowledge of the divine plan previously hidden, but it is indeed not a wisdom of this present age or of this world nor of the leaders and rulers of this age who are being brought to nothing and are doomed to pass away. But rather what we are setting forth is a wisdom of God. Everybody say wisdom of God. Once hidden, hidden from the human understanding and now revealed to us by God that wisdom which God devised and decreed before the ages for our glorification to lift us into the glory of his presence. What is God's wisdom for? To lift us into the glory of his presence. None of the rulers of this age or world perceived and recognized and understood this. For if they had, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. They were not operation, operating in God's knowledge, were they? Number nine, but on the contrary, as the scripture says, what eye has not seen, an ear has not heard, and has not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared, made and keeps ready for those who love him, who hold him in affection, reverence, promptly obeying. Woo, that, what, what was that? Promptly obeying him and gratefully recognizing the benefits he has bestowed yet to us God has unveiled everybody say unveiled and revealed them by and through a new book no through his spirit for the Holy Spirit searches diligently exploring and examining everything even sounding the profound and bottomless things of God 
the divine counsels and things hidden and beyond man's scrutiny. For what person perceives, knows, and understands what passes through a man's thoughts except the man's own spirit within him? Just so no one discerns, comes to know, and comprehends the thoughts of God except through the Spirit of God. Now we have not received the Spirit that belongs of this world, but the Holy Spirit, amen, who is from God, given to us that we might realize and comprehend and appreciate the gifts of divine favor and blessing so freely and lavishly. Everybody say lavishly. (laughs) I like that. Bestowed on us by God. And we are setting these truths forth in words and taught by human wisdom, but not taught by human wisdom. There we go. But taught by the Holy Spirit, combining and interpreting spiritual truths with spiritual language to those who, what? Possess. I like that. What's a power word? How many possess the Holy Spirit? Ooh, amen. Hallelujah. But the natural, the non-spiritual man does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart the gifts and teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God, for they are folly, meaningless nonsense to him. Anybody ever run across someone like that? And he is incapable of knowing them, of progressively recognizing, understanding, and becoming better acquainted with them because they are spiritually discerned and estimated and appreciated. They are what? Spiritually discerned. That's what we're going to talk a lot about today. This is a great scripture, I believe, to help us understand discernment. There's a lot of meat in here, right? And Paul, you know, in the chapter before this, or maybe at the start of this one, I think it was the start of this one, said, I didn't come with man's wisdom. I didn't get this revelation that I'm fixing to share with you through man's knowledge or wisdom. So he talks about, first of all, three types of spirit here in this text. There's the spirit of man. That's man's intellect, his mind, and his will. The third spirit is the spirit of God. We know who that is. That's the Holy Spirit. And then he talks about the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world is anti-God, and it's usually the motivating impulse of the culture. What's cool? What's this? How many know the world wants to influence you? What to buy, what to drink, what to wear, what to blah, blah, blah. That's the the spirit of the world, and and most of their influence, I'm going to say 99.9% is anti-God. Just, just, you can, you can pretty much count on that. So, Paul says, we don't operate in that We speak the wisdom of God. Oh, wow. That's where I want to be, don't you? Speaking the wisdom of God. Understanding his his word. It's a totally different animal than the spirit of the world. Amen? The spirit of mammon. Hallelujah. He goes on here and says, The rulers of this age, they didn't even grasp that the Son of God had come. They studied the scriptures. Remember that? A lot of the wise men studied the scriptures, but they were trying to find it with what? Man's wisdom, not being led of the Holy Spirit. So he kind of takes a swipe at some of the Roman political wisdom and the Greek philosophical wisdom. Have you know the Greeks were known for their philosophical 
the wisdom and all this. And uh, so he kind of takes a swipe at them there. He's trying to teach this church at Corinth that they need to be operating in the spiritual discernment and the wisdom of God. Is it still applicable for the church here today? We need to be operating in spiritual discernment. Christ wanted his followers to rely on a different type of knowledge. Amen? He wanted to implant and impart something within us, and he did. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's a whole lot going on right then in your spirit. It comes alive. It comes awake. Amen? And you receive light, L-I-G-H-T, the light, Jesus. Amen? And it transforms your life. God's superhuman wisdom prevails over all other wisdom, human or demonic. Does the enemy even have demonic wisdom? Oh, yeah, we see that play out. So this, the wisdom of this world is totally inadequate for you. It's totally inadequate. There are, we, we do learn some things, right? We do learn some things in life, but uh, it's totally inadequate for what God's wanting to do in you and through you. I believe that. So he uses a word here, you know, that this, this is a mystery, how many caught that word? I think it's about verse 8 or 9, somewhere along there. This is a mystery. Now, that doesn't mean mysterious or difficult to understand. Here's, here's my definition of mystery. It's a truth hidden in God's mind until he chooses to disclose it. A truth hidden in God's mind until he chooses to disclose it. He decided to disclose it, did he not? Hallelujah. Through Jesus. He had the plan of redemption in his mind, I believe, even before the creation of the world. He knew created man would mess up and need a Savior. How many of you messed up? Anybody here today besides me? Yeah. We messed up. And we deserve death. You deserve death. The wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ. So all down through these ages and dispensations, man, and we, as we studied this, we see that man messes up, messes up. God tries this plan, the dispensation of promise. He tries uh, conscience. He tries all these human government, all these different dispensations, and every one of them, man messes up because he's not relying on God's wisdom. Amen? He's, and and God's godly discernment. So uh, God had a plan, though. I'm thankful, aren't you, to give his very best, his only son. He, you know, God looks at us all, and he looked at all of mankind. He's, I mean, have you ever heard the term omniscient? Omniscient. What does that mean? All-knowing God. You can never fool God. It's not going to happen. He knows the thoughts and the intent of your hearts. He's acquainted with all your Ways, there's not a word in your mouth that God doesn't know. There's not a breath in your lungs that God's aware of it. So man is foolish to reject God. Oh, I wish the world could hear this today. Amen? But yet man tries. He begins to think he's great and wonderful, just like the, the enemy. Of course, he comes along selling that bill of goods to folks. Uh, the devil was the one that wanted to exalt himself and become like God. So he tries to sell that to everyone else. Oh, you can make it. You don't need God. You, you're going to be fine. Just walk in this human wisdom. Walk in this intellect and reasoning and rationale. You're going to be okay. God has a better plan, folks. 
He wants us walking in discernment. Every source of earthly wisdom is excluded here. I think it is in verse 10 where it says, I has not seen. Did y'all catch that? You know, we, we use that scripture sometime as talking about heaven. I has not seen or ear heard. Neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them. What he's doing is trying to tell you that if you're relying on perceptual knowledge, that's with your eyes. Okay, everybody got, got that? We, we can perceive things with our eyes, right? Uh, it's through observation. If you're relying on that for God to be, no, no, that's not going to work. How about the ears? I mean, no, we pass things on to others, don't we? Through what? Listening, right? That, how many know tradition can get you in a lot of trouble? Well, Grandma said it's that way. Hmm. I wonder, I wonder what the Word of God says about that, right? Now, I'm not telling you that Grandma's wrong. Grandmas are usually right a lot of times because they're old and they've learned a lot of things about God, haven't they? But even Grandma is not on the same elevation or level with God. I'm going to trust God, aren't you? Not on things that I hear, not on things that I see. And it even mentions the heart which is, we call it the reasoning and the intellect of man. You know, we can, man can figure some things out, right? We've learned how to get a man to the moon. Pretty smart folks, right? I would hate to think that I had to send somebody up there. <laughs> a lot of, lot of people working. The man has a lot of knowledge, but I'm, I'm convinced that probably a lot of them uh, got some of their knowledge from God because I've read some of their stories of some of these great astronauts and some of the men that helped uh, send, send man to the, to the moon. God can give knowledge in a lot of areas, right? Me and John have talked about this before. Mechanican. <laughs> Anybody ever been mechanican and couldn't figure something out? God, I need some discernment. <laughs> yes, I need some, I need some help here. Lord, show me what's, what's wrong with this thinking car. It's, you know, of course, you Ford drivers, y'all uh, get to do that more often than us, than us. GM drivers, right? You get to. There we go. Just had to throw that in there. Uh, so, the things that God, we're, we're on that verse, the things that God has prepared, how do we gain insight into the things that God has prepared for those that love Him? Well, it says in verse 10 God has revealed them unto us. Where? Through his spirit. When the Holy Spirit takes up residence in our heart and life, he begins to show you things. I can't tell you how many things. Even as a young man, 17 years old, it was, it was kind of, uh, what's the word here? I'm, neat is so, not so good. <laughs> but it was, when I was a young man, hearing the voice of God at 17 years old telling me about things, it just blew me away. Just blew me away. I would hear this voice in my inner, inner man saying, no, this is not my plan. Don't do that. You know, blah, blah, blah. Know what I'm talking about? Yes. Isn't, isn't that great when, the, when, the, when revelation and illumination and, and discernment comes alive in your spirit? So he says he's, he, he's going to reveal all this to us. He, he uses the word freely given to us. So there's two elements necessary to receive discernment. Number one, a revelation from God by the Spirit. 
And number two, an appropriate spiritual response by man or woman. That will get you some revelation, knowledge, and some discernment. Are you with me? That's, that's the two uh, ingredients in, required in that uh, formula. I desire. I desire discernment. Amen? I desire it in my life. What we do with this knowledge is very important. Verse 13 talks about that. We speak spiritual truths by the Spirit. And not just for our own benefit, but we even help others. Do we not? To understand God's ways. God may be, you know, right as you're talking to somebody. Anybody ever been talking to somebody and the Holy Spirit just come on you and you start you know, just feeling. You just feel him and the whole conversation changes. What you're doing is the Holy Spirit is quickening something in your spirit because he's read the, the mind and heart of that person you're talking to and the whole conversation shifts and all of a sudden you see the light bulbs start turning on in their spirit. Spiritual things are spiritually discerned and he says that here. They are spiritually discerned. So the definition of discernment to me is the grace to see into the unseen. It's the quality of being able to grasp and comprehend something that was obscure. It's like revelation, discernment, turning on inside of your spirit man. It's a big word, right? Spiritually discerned. I mean, you know, the spirit answers to the spirit, not the spirit to the mind. Is that important? Did you grasp that? That was deep. That was a little bit deep. How many is with me today? The spirit answers to the spirit, not the spirit to the mind. So many want to walk in mind and head knowledge, don't they? Your spirit, man, must come awake. Man is spirit, soul, and body. The spirit, man, is the place where God's going to talk to you. So he needs to be active every day in your life. The Holy Spirit living and breathing and living inside of you. So thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. Amen? The, the Corinthian church didn't get it. They were full of spiritual pride and looking for wisdom somewhere else. Some other teachers had come through and made them begin to question even Paul's uh, words straight from God. They began to question, and maybe all kinds of things were going on in the Corinthian church. You can read it for yourself. But I want us to back up one chapter here this morning while we're here, and we're going to look at the clash between the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God. Let's read for, uh, 1 Corinthians 1. 18 through 25. For the story and message of the cross is sheer absurdity and folly to those who are perishing and on their way to perdition. But to us who are being saved, it is the manifestation of the power of God. Woo! For it is written, I will baffle and render useless and destroy the learning of the learned and the philosophy of the philosophers and the cleverness of the clever and the discernment of the discerning, I will frustrate and nullify them and bring them to nothing. Isaiah 29. Woo, Paul's, that's his text right there. He's preaching from Isaiah. He uses Isaiah a lot. Where is the wise man, the philosopher? Where is the scribe, the scholar? Where is the investigator, the logician, the debater of this present time and age? Has not God shown up? the nonsense and the folly of this world's wisdom. Woo! Hallelujah. For when the world with all its earthly wisdom failed to perceive and recognize and know God, 
by means of its own philosophy, God in his wisdom was pleased through what? The foolishness of preaching. Hallelujah. How many like preaching? Amen. It's, 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 the, it's the plan that he had. A true preachers of the word of God. Romans talks about it. Blessed are the feet of them who, who bring good news, the gospel. Hallelujah. Through the foolishness of preaching, salvation procured by Jesus Christ and to be had through him to save those who believed, who clung to and trusted in and relied on him. For while Jews demanded, demandingly asked for signs and miracles and Greeks pursue philosophy and wisdom, we preach Christ. Is that what we preach here at the house? I said it at the very start. The cross and the resurrection and the blood of Jesus. Crucified, preaching, which to the Jews is a scandal and an offensive stumbling block that springs a snare or trap. And to the Gentiles it is absurd and utterly unphilosophical nonsense. But to those who are called, whether Jew or Greek, Gentile, Christ is the power of God. And the wisdom of God. Say, that's me. That's me. Christ is the power of God. This is because the foolish thing that has its source in God is wiser than men. And the weak thing that springs from God is stronger than men. Even the weakest thing God has is stronger than anything man has. Amen. Hallelujah. For in our weakness, who is strong? Jesus. Amen. Powerful Stuff here. There was a clash between the wisdom of this world and the wisdom of God. And it all points back, <coughs> as we said earlier, to the cross. Everything spiritual, I either choose to believe God's word or I choose not to believe. It's that simple, isn't it? Anybody getting something from this today in your spirit? I hope so. Praise God. He quotes there in one of those uh, verses there he quotes Isaiah 29:14 I will destroy the wisdom of the prudent and the wisdom of this so that's kind of what that was talking about God rejects human wisdom because of its pride and its self-glory you ever saw somebody that thought they knew something yeah they're trying to share it with you sometimes i just I'm kind of, in my older age, I'm kind of quiet. You know, what's that thing about, uh, it's better to be quiet and be thought a fool than to speak up <laughs> and remove all doubt. Sometimes I just listen to them, you know. Uh, street ministry, one time with Brother Bob here a few months back with the soul, um, soul rider. What's the name of that? Huh? Stone Rollers. There it is. I was out with them doing some witnessing and got a hold of this one guy that had some of the weirdest I'm like, what is going on in this brain today? You know, type of stuff. He was going off on uh, different stuff. And I'm like, man, the message of the cross, a child can understand. Amen? Praise God. So, but, so God rejects this human wisdom because of its pride and its self-glory. You see, people fall into three categories. This, anybody on this whole earth? Here's three categories. Number one, they're either natural man. That's unregenerate man devoid of the Holy Spirit no appreciation for the gospel or good news of Jesus that's natural man 
Then there's carnal man. And we have a lot of these folks in the church today. They are regenerate, but they're living like an unregenerate. Come on, shout me down, somebody. Yeah, there you go. They've accepted Jesus Christ, but they keep living the old life they were living, expecting different results. You know, when Jesus comes in, you should be a change, a complete change in your life, everything about you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation or creature. Old things are gone. They're passed away. And all things have become new. But yet there's some people that feel the, they're in a service and they feel the anointing or they're driving down the road and a, a song or something touches their heart and they ask Jesus into their life, but they don't change. That's carnal man. They're living like an unregenerate, straddling the fence and just drifting along, trying to be both. You know, in the world, Jesus said we're in the world, but not what? Of the world. And here's the last category. Again, everybody falls into one of these three. Spiritual man. He's regenerate and he possesses spiritual or she, spiritual, spiritual maturity. They're seeking and pursuing God. They're spending time in his presence. They're listening. They're obeying. They're walking in the spirit. Say, that's me. That's me. I want to walk in the spirit. I don't want to be any. I've tried the other two. And uh, I, I don't like either one of them. I want to be a spiritual man, a godly man for his glory. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There's so, you know, there's so many things that as we do walk in the Spirit, as we do get close to God, that he reveals to us. So many things. As I look back over my life, he's, he, he's given me knowledge and wisdom and kept me from doing things that I shouldn't do. The flesh would want to. But thank God the Holy Spirit said, this is not good for you. Don't do that. That's discernment, right? That's revelation. That's the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've kept me from doing things. And, and then you've also pushed me towards other things in my life. You know, we gain the ability to sense his approval or disapproval. Amen? That's part of discernment. We gain that ability through the Holy Spirit to sense His approval or disapproval. We know, don't we? We know, but sometimes again, the flesh wants to try the Spirit, right? He wants to try and say, well, let me, you know, he, he tries to rule and dom dominate. So we constantly, again, have to stay in the Word, stay in the Holy Spirit. In closing today, a couple, three scriptures really quick. What time is it? We're... How I many is getting some good stuff here, though? John 12, verse 35 and 36. Jesus, this is what Jesus said about it. Jesus said to them, you will have the light only a little while longer. Walk while you have the light. Keep on living by it. So the darkness may not overtake and overcome you. He who walks about in the dark does not know where he goes. He is drifting. There we go. While you have the light, notice that's capital, okay? That's him. Believe in the light, have faith in it, hold on to it, rely on it, that you may become sons of the light and be filled with light. Jesus said these things, and then he went away and hid himself from them, was lost to their view. He left something profound with them, didn't he? Walk in 
the light. Praise God. I don't want to walk in darkness. I hurt myself when I do. Anybody ever split a toe? Somebody this week I was talking to had split their toe wide open on a corner of a, getting up in the middle of the night. <laughs> he got the t-shirt on that deal, right? Oh, that hurts. I want to walk in the light. Praise God. One more scripture. John the Rebel later here. First John chapter 1, <coughs> verse number 7. But if we really are living and walking in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have true unbroken fellowship with one another. Isn't that true? How many of you believe your church family is, is so important? How many of you love your church family? We have fellowship. James and I was talking about this yesterday, driving down the road. I'm thankful for a church that is filled with love and unity and harmony. And it's, man, it's, it's just a, it, it, it makes you want to go to church, doesn't it? It makes you want to go and see those that you care about, those that you've prayed for, those that you've broke bread with, those that you've uh, prayed around the altars with. It's God knew what he was doing. He says, we have this unbroken fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ. His son cleanses, removes us from all sin and guilt. He keeps us cleansed from sin in all its forms and manifestations. Nothing going to sneak up on us, right? Because we're going to help one another. We're going to encourage one another. We're going to love one another. I, we need to be to that place, I believe, in, in, as a church family that we can talk about things that others don't want to talk about and not have to worry about that person going and sharing it with somebody else. Amen? That's the way it needs to be. Amen? Unbroken fellowship. We trust one another. We care about one another. And, 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 and I want that. I want that. And I'm seeing it play out here in this church. Praise God. One more scripture. Go ahead and stand up this morning. We're getting ready to, to land this. I love this last scripture. It's in the Amplified. And this I pray. This is what I pray for you. That your love may abound yet more and more and extend to its fullest development. Everybody say fullest development in knowledge and all keen insight. That your love may display itself in greater depth of acquaintance and more comprehensive discernment. I pray that for this body. Hallelujah. One more verse here or two. So that you may surely learn to sense what is wise or no vital and approve and prize what is excellent and of real value. Recognizing the highest and the best and distinguishing the moral differences and that you may be untainted and pure and unerring and blameless. So that with heart sincere and certain and unsullied you may approach the day of Christ not stumbling nor causing others to stumble. Hallelujah. May you abound in and be filled with the fruit of righteousness, uh, of right standing with God and right doing, which comes through Jesus Christ, the anointed one, to the honor and praise of God, that his glory may be both manifested and recognized. How many want that kind of church? Amen. Hallelujah. Your love abounding, your knowledge in the Lord abounding, your sharing with one another, you're just... Man, you're just getting ready for heaven, aren't you? Is that what we're doing? Yes. Getting ready for heaven. Lord, thank you today. As we come to the end of this service, Lord, there's many men and women here today, Lord, that have walked in this discernment, Lord. I just pray in these times we're living in, 
God, that just greater revelation. He said, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all men, your sons and your daughters, and your old men and your old women. God, you, you, we need you, Holy Spirit, in our lives. Time is too short to keep walking in the carnal man, trying to rely on man's knowledge and man's wisdom. You challenged this church at Corinth, and now I believe you're challenging this church. Lord, we seek you. We seek you and your discernment, Lord. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for discernment. Thank you for revelation, illumination, all that you do in the hearts of those that seek after you. We praise you. We praise you, Lord. You're here today with our eyes closed and you're just thinking about what you've heard the last 30 minutes or so. Maybe you're here today and you need some discernment in an area in your life right now. Could, could be family related, could be job related, but you just need the advice and revelation of the Holy Spirit. If that's you, hold your hand up today. I need, I need some discernment in some areas. Yes, I see hands going up everywhere here today. I need some discernment. And I don't want to do anything without knowing that I know that I know that this is God. This is God speaking. And you will get to that point where you will know, you will know this is God's voice. This is God's plan. He's sharing this in my spirit, man, and I receive it, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes He allows us to go through new experiences our lives so we can even develop I believe greater greater discernment in our life some of these things that you may be going through right now you may have questioned and wondered why why is this going on in my life it's only a test to see if you're going to walk in truth walk in the light walk in discernment or you're going to revert back and try to figure it out for yourself God wants you walking every day in discernment living, breathing it every day. Lord, I think of a morning you should be saying, Lord, I walk in discernment. I walk with my spiritual ears tuned into you today. Help me do what you want me to do. Help me to say what you want me to say. Help me to be that man or woman of God that you want me to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's going to give some of you, I believe, greater discernment and greater insight in these end times. You're you're going to be made keenly aware of some things. And you'll know that you know. You won't question it. He'll give you the confidence down in your spirit. Praise God that this is God's. This is, it may not seem in the natural man like it's wisdom. But let me tell you, in the spirit realm, it is wisdom. Hallelujah. It's knowledge. It's insight. Hallelujah. So, Sheila, I want you to sing a song today. And we're just going to... Uh, Ask the Lord if you raised your hand today. I need some discernment. I want you just to slip your hand heaven, heavenward if you feel comfortable doing that. Say, Lord, I need to hear your voice. I need discernment in this area in my life. Hallelujah.
this place and feel the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence, Lord, oh Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for, to be become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. Let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your So last night, uh, after my wife went to bed, I was on YouTube and I was watching sermons. And as I was watching a sermon talking about demonic influences, something that he said struck me and it's something that I had never thought about or considered 
or at least not in this way. And I wanted to share what he, what he said so that everyone else can be aware of it as well. When you are walking a path to God and you are being productive in his work, How many, how many know that because we have the flesh, we are also susceptible to external demonic forces? We cannot ourselves be possessed because we, didn't, we abide in Christ and light and dark cannot inhabit the same space, but we can still be attacked. And he mentioned a few tactics that I had never considered. And it was a spirit of harassment saying, oh, no, you're not good enough to do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. You're not good enough. You're not the right person for that. To discourage you, demoralize you from doing the work of God. I've experienced that recently. Another one was a spirit of distraction. That's very prevalent today. Every single one of us gets attacked by a spirit of distraction. Everybody... If you've ever been working, like, for example, me working on a sermon or working on something that God has laid on my heart to do, and I just can't bring myself to focus on it. That is a demonic influence trying to stop you from working God's work. And you need to call it out in the name of Jesus and bind it and banish it from your life. You have that power. You are not subject to it in a spirit of disruption same, same concept you're working God's path you are taking God's path you are walking in his will for you and something comes along to just mess it up sometimes it can be a test sometimes it's a demonic influence trying to throw you off and that's where the discernment comes in I did not know what he was talking about today but it lines up perfectly with what the Spirit laid on my heart last night. Knowing the discernment between the test of God and the attack of the enemy. And we need to know that we are not bound by the things that happen to us. We are not bound to the oppression the oppressive spirits that the demon will try to attack us, will, will try to attack us with. And the key word there is try. But they will only succeed if we let it. So the next time that you're focusing on something that you have been tasked to take care of for the kingdom of God, whatever it is, whether it's leading a class or or doing a women's group or doing something like that and you're discouraged or you're distracted or you're disrupted or you're being, feeling harassed like you're not good enough. That is the devil trying to stop you from doing what God has called you to do. Bind it, bury it, banish it in the name of Jesus. And I pray that prayer over everyone in this room. Lord, you are the master of all things. 
Lord, we take every spirit of disruption, every spirit of harassment, of oppression, of distraction, Lord. We take it, we bind it in the name of Jesus, and we cast it out of our lives. Lord, we are called to do your work. We are called to do work for your glory and to bring people to your salvation, Lord. To ignite their spirit, to bring them alive in the name of Jesus. To bring them to faith, to knowing the deeper things of you, Father. And Lord, I pray over every person in this room that you have, that you have given us a task a task of sharing your gospel. I pray that you will reignite the fire, that you will let them to understand that that discouragement is the devil trying to stop them from doing what you have called us to do. And Lord, we call out to you in the name of Jesus to bind these spirits and to let it set us free because we abide in you, Father. Shut your core. We ask all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Good word. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Colin. God bless you. Man, let's walk out of here in the light. Amen. Spiritual discernment. Hallelujah.